Hey guys, I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm the chief creative officer, a motivational speaker, and a life and business coach at a company called Rayma Team. I'm also thriving in the face of a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis. This weekly podcast is a series of real-life stories and conversations meant to encourage you with hope and more importantly, equip you with action steps to transform your life, your career, and your relationships. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. It's a brand new week, and that means a brand new episode of the She Who Overcomes podcast. So welcome back. I am excited for you to meet my new friend, Maria Grace. We actually met online. We are in the same coaching group with Jasmine Starr, and I have just really appreciated Maria's example of being online and creating connection and relationships with people in the online world. So here's what you need to know about my new friend, Maria. Maria's marketing career began when she was promoted at the age of 21 from an administrative assistant position to the Director of Communications. At the same time, she started her own business, Maria Grace LLC, which would enable her to leave her full-time job and work solely for herself just a few years later. Maria's dual experience in a company and as an entrepreneur have given her valuable tools and insights, enabling her to serve small businesses and creative entrepreneurs in the areas of social media, search engine optimization, and general marketing. With clients ranging from a Chick-fil-A franchise to a feature film, no project is too diverse to market effectively and create an active, engaged audience. In her spare time, Maria goes on sushi dates with her husband, chases the daughter she was blessed to adopt in 2017, trains for marathons, and reads historical fiction. My conversation with Maria was so inspiring and took a turn that neither of us had anticipated in a good way. So kick back, grab your coffee, and enjoy this time with Maria Grace. All right, Maria, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you all the way from Virginia. Yes, Virginia. So, okay, uh, it's been a while since I've looked at a map, and I've had uh, I've had cousins that have lived out in the Virginia area. But okay, there's there's two Virginias, right? Yes, there's the regular Virginia and the West Virginia. Okay. Neither I was like, I can't remember what is it West? <laughs> is it North? I don't remember right now. I'm on well, the you spot. Have North and South Dakota. It's right. very similar. Yeah. Yes, it would probably do me well to have a refresher on geography. Well, but, <laughs> yep. But I, uh, before we even get started, I just have to commend you on the way that you reached out to me to be a podcast guest. And for everybody that's listening and wondering, like, how do I become a guest on anybody's podcast? What you did, Maria, is you did your homework and you spent some time listening to my podcast. And when you emailed me, you already knew the type of stories that I've shared and you already suggested, like, here's what I've overcome and how I can contribute to your podcast. And that was so refreshing because a lot of times people are just like, I want to be a podcast guest. Here's what I've done. Let me know if it works. But they haven't even listened to it yet. 
So thank you for being such a great example of how to do it well. Well, absolutely. And I'm, you know, I want to contribute as much as I can to your podcast. It's definitely not all about me. It's, you know, you have to continue this on from here on out. So I'm really honored that you thought my story was worth sharing and I'm excited to do that. Well, I'm I'm excited for a friendship with you too because we are both social curators uh, mm-hmm. with Jasmine Star, and that's kind of where we met. And since then, I have creeped on you a little bit on Instagram, and <laughs> we've started talking there, and we have a lot in common. We're both married to men named Nathan. Mm-hmm. We both run, and it's just exciting. So yeah, I love it. And congratulations on your recent marathon. Thank you. Yeah, I was excited to qualify for Boston. And um, yeah, it was definitely a tough training cycle, but it was worth it in the end. So now was that your first marathon? It was my second, but it's the first one I ever trained for the one last year. Very long story short, I forgot about it till a month beforehand. And then I got the flu a few days beforehand. And so I was very untrained. Mm -hmm. And so this is my first real marathon, but I did finish last year's marathon. So Mm -hmm. Technically my second. I always find finishing any type of a race, whether it's a 5K or a half marathon or a 10K, for me, it's always a very uh, inner, like inner focus thing where I come back and I'm like, I have so many emotions and so mm-hmm. many epiphanies from what I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that you're the same way? Yeah, I am the opposite of a crier, but man, both marathons that I finish, I'm like bawling at the end and Um, you know, I think you've had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to be in pain and realize you can get through it. So yeah, I definitely, that's part of why I love running and, you know, races just kind of contribute to that. Absolutely. So let's dive into some of the things that you've overcome because you are a, a business owner, you're a Mm -hmm. wife, you're a mom, Mm -hmm. and you've actually adopted your daughter, right? Yep. That's right. So take us on that journey of what what you've learned and what you've overcome on on just the road to where you're at today. Well, yeah, that's a great question. And there's just been a few obstacles along the way. And thankfully, I'm incredibly blessed to have a great husband, a great daughter, and there's a lot of obstacles I haven't had to overcome. So the ones I have achieved have been very meaningful to me, but I just have so much respect for people who are single parents or who are trying to um, balance a full-time job with things on top of that. So mad respect to you guys. Um, I guess the first obstacle that I really overcame was the idea of working at a full-time job and then building my business on top of it. And in some ways, that was really hard. It required a big time commitment, um, time away from my husband. I didn't have my daughter at the time. And it required me to change in a lot of ways as a person. I was fairly undisciplined. I wouldn't call myself lazy. I was always a hard worker, but I just wasn't great at scheduling and getting down to business. And in high school, I was late so much in the morning. The guidance counselor didn't even have to turn around when she heard the door click open. She would just say, all right, Maria, you know, sign in. And I would sign in. And I couldn't do that if I was going to maximize my time. And so that was a pretty big obstacle. And it just really took time to overcome. And it took a real passion and fire for what I wanted to do, which was eventually work from home, be able to be a mom one day, that was a dream of mine, and be able to spend time with my daughter or son, 
during the week while I also was able to have a business. So that really transformed my mind and my thinking. And honestly, we went through some um, consequences of that with our marriage as well. And thankfully, we came out the other end. But anytime you change as a person and you're in any kind of a relationship, it affects that. Oh, absolutely. So was that something that that took many years for you guys to walk through? Or was it something where you both decided at the same time you're going to work on growing personally and together? Like, what was that like for you? I think for us, it did take a couple of years. And that's because it kind of grows as you go. So when I first started, I wasn't didn't have a ton of work. I wasn't super busy. It was just maybe a night or two a week. And then as my business grew and um, my husband was in grad school, it was just a strain in a lot of ways. And he's a gracious person and I am learning from him how to be more gracious. And so there's a lot of times when I was impatient with him or unkind when I could have just taken a second, but in changing and transforming my mind to be an efficient boss lady, I also needed to remember to give grace and the fact that my husband was in my life before my business ever was. And so that's been a big learning curve for me. And I wouldn't say we're totally on the other side of that because you never really are, but we found a much healthier balance now. I love, I love what you just said about that, how giving him grace, because he was in your life before your business. I think there's so many people, probably women and men that would do well to remember that because marriage is hard. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you have good, good years, you have bad years. Sometimes you have good seasons, bad seasons. And yeah. I think you're always evolving as far as what it means to have quality time together. And even if you're good at it in one season, you have a change in the schedule in the next season. It's a little more challenging and it can be yeah. easy to fall back on the bad habits during those times because you didn't maybe expect them to come or you're just not handling it well. I mean, that happens, but I really do. I, I really do love how you said, you know, you have to appreciate him more and give him great, give, give grace to, to the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely a big learning curve for me. Not as much for him. I always tell people when we meet that you'll like me and then you'll meet Nathan and you'll love him just because he's <laughs> such, a, such a kind person and so genuinely interested in other mm -hmm. people. And he will take time out of his busy schedule anytime to talk to you. And I'm sometimes too type A and too down to business and trying to check stuff off. So I've really learned a lot from watching him. Mm -hmm. So what was it like when you decided to adopt? Well, that was a pretty big decision for us. We knew we wanted to grow our family and we just didn't know how. And so I won't go into every detail of the story, but we basically came to the same conclusion that we wanted to adopt. And it took my husband a little while to get on board. It was something I had thought about for many years. And so we started the process in, I believe, September of 2014. And we had to go through, if anybody here has done foster care or adoption, they know what it's like. You have to go through a million approvals and home study. And so it wasn't even until May of the following year that we were on the adoption list. And then we just kind of waited, which is definitely a hard thing to do. Um, along the way, we had several just very shocking disappointments. I guess we kind of expected 
the idea that maybe a mom would choose us and then decide to parent her child after the child was born. That was something we expected to happen. But the thing that we didn't expect to happen was that the first child we were matched with actually died during childbirth at the hospital. Um, And so we got to name him and his name is Joel and we still talk about him and think about him, but that really threw our lives for a loop and just made us question if we were even doing the right thing because we waited so long for this child and we had his nursery ready and his car seat in the car. And then we left with empty arms and it was just a really big struggle to deal with. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. That, that is devastating. How, how did you manage to walk through that and still build a business and stay connected in your marriage at the same time? Well, it helped that we had planned a trip to Africa with our church just a few weeks later. And so I initially had pulled out of the trip because I thought we would have a newborn. And thankfully, they hadn't filled my spot yet. And it was just this amazing time that Nathan and I got to go to a different country. We got to focus on a whole different set of problems. And I don't feel like we ignored the grieving process. We weren't just shoving it aside because we spent a lot of time talking about it but we weren't inundated with it all the time. We weren't just completely surrounded by it. And we actually flew out on our fifth wedding anniversary. And so it was just a really sweet time to connect with Nathan in a way that I wouldn't have if we were both going about our lives and connect with God, because that's something that's really important to us and helped bring us through. And really, I just had to go and he just had to go through the hard, painful, long process of grief that you can't skip through and you can't hurry and you can't check off your list. And that taught me so much about how to give people grace. And I would never ask for that to happen to myself or anyone else. But since it did happen, I learned so much from it. And I, I know I'm a better person because of it. Mm -hmm. Grief is such a big thing that I think I think some people do kind of avoid going through it when it happens because it's overwhelming. Yeah. And we're not always taught how to handle the complicated emotions that come with grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I certainly, as a person who I said earlier, I'm like the opposite of a crier. Mm -hmm. I, I really struggled facing that head on and dealing with it. And at the same time, my full-time job was kind of in turmoil. To make a long story short, they had done a few things and um, I felt like I was being treated unfairly. And so I was pursuing a new job at the time. And I ended up about a month after we lost Joel, I ended up turning in my two weeks notice and starting my journey as a full-time entrepreneur only. And so there were just, there's a lot of upheaval and that upheaval ended up being one of the best things that happened to me, but it was just a very uncertain, difficult time when my job was changing and we thought our lives were changing in one way. And then it ended up, ended up being a complete 180 and changing in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. So how long was it before you decided that you were going to get back into the game of adoption after mm-hmm. you lost Joel? Um, we took, I believe, about a month or two off. Um, I can't remember the exact timing. And then we jumped back in. Um, and then over the course of the next four or five months, we had two other adoptions fall through. One of them was the one 
we kind of expected where the mom chose to parent uh, her son. And that was, you know, very bittersweet. I'm so thankful that they could stay together, but obviously there's the, there's the difficult part. And then there was another one that I really can't share a ton about, but it was a huge shock to our system in a very different way. And so after all that, we had three big losses in seven months. We actually stepped out of the adoption process for a full six months. And we just decided that we needed to be okay with not having a child if that was the end result. And we really, I guess, gave ourselves time to just process and grieve. And so about six months later, we jumped back in and I had, I got so good at um, dealing with it that by then I was like, I'm okay without a kid. If, if that's not what's in the cards, we have Joel. We love Joel. It doesn't look like how we wanted, but if we never get another kid, I'm okay. And so we were actually about to pull out of the process entirely in June of 2017 when we got the call that we had been matched with a five-day-old baby girl. Oh my goodness. So what what was that like? Because I'm imagining, you know, when you get to the end of, of your rope and you're thinking, I'm not sure that this is going to work, like y- you come to terms with the other side of what could could be your reality of, you know what, maybe it's just not meant to be. How do you, how did you move into that, that news? Um, like, was there part of you that was thinking, okay, but don't get your hopes up because what if something changes or were you just thrilled? I think I was, I was both terrified because I had also spent the last few years building my business and even though I knew it would be a personal upheaval, I just thought, what am I going to do? But mostly I was thrilled. I had legitimately prayed after we lost Joel. And I said, God, if we do have a kid, can you make it the exact opposite experience? I don't want to know about this kid before they're born. I want it to be a girl, not because Mm. I prefer girls over boys, but Joel was a boy. So I just wanted everything to be the opposite and he answered my prayers, which is very funny. And my husband found out later and he was like, what? I would have loved to have, have some lead time on this kid, but you prayed <laughs> it away. Um, but because she was already born and a few days old and the mom was still resolute in um, placing her for adoption, it was mostly just excitement. I didn't feel like it was the same thing. I knew she was safe and healthy. And so it was just a lot of nerves and excitement and getting the room ready and just a completely different experience, which I'm so thankful for. I love that you said you got what you prayed for. Um, I did. <laughs> I love hearing that. My, We're currently looking for a house and we live in an area where we're on, we're in a condo building across from a marina, but it's a mm-hmm. condo rental. And um, I really love the view that we have. So I've been looking at all imagine. of them. You know, they're go- it's gorgeous. Oh, we have the marina on one side and then across the street is the river. Mm-hmm. So it's the only place in town where like you get all of this plus like this little tiny um, township area where you feel like you're running in the country. Oh, that's and, perfect. But we're in town. And so it's just gorgeous. So I may be praying away a couple <laughs> different, like there's a few strategic homes where I'm like, if they went for sale, I'm totally in. And yes, right. my friends even came over and I'm like, okay, so we're looking for a house, but I kind of want to stay here. And Rachel's like, okay, so who are we praying away? Right, so I right. I love that you tell that story because I do believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. I also know from experience that sometimes things don't come about like we prayed, it's mm-hmm. better or different. 
Um, and that can be an interesting lesson to learn all at the same time. And then wrestling with, okay, well, what if I don't get what I pray? Like, what should I be praying? It's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing when you have that deep relationship with God and you, you do believe in the power of prayer, but you've also seen other things happen. Absolutely. And we saw a lot of prayers that we felt went unanswered with Joel. And so during the period from losing Joel to adopting our daughter, Willow, I really wrestled with a lot of things in my personal life, in my business, as I thought, you know, what if my whole goal of working from home and having a kid, what if that's upended and dealt a lot with my faith in that of course, we prayed for Joel to survive. And of course, we prayed for him to be healthy and God chose not to answer our prayers. And so it was a really transformational time in my life. And again, I it's not one of those where I can say, I wouldn't change anything. I would. I would go back and change everything if I could. But because I can't, I learned so much from it and my faith in God is stronger because of it. Mm, that is powerful. That just that peaceful assurance and confidence that you have. I mean, I know my listeners can't see you right now, but I just see it all over your body language. It's just like this peaceful stoicism. You're just standing firm on your faith, even though you know you would choose things differently. And I think that's life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. We all go through that. And sometimes the things we go through make us bitter. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes when you are wrestling with with faith, I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm I'm even like, okay, God, I don't even know what I believe anymore because I I walked by faith in one thing and it turned out differently. And what do I do with that? And mm-hmm. I love that He's able to handle all of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. And I I don't want to gloss over it too much because I really did go through a difficult time in my faith, and so where I am now is where I hoped to be but it took a lot to get there. And I went through times where I just said, God, I'm I'm done. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that that wasn't the end of my story and that he did not give up on me. But if anyone is struggling, I don't want to make it sound like I had my moment of grief and then I was okay. And now I'm where I am. It's taken years to get here. And I really went through the valley in between and I'm back up out of the valley, but I could go back there again. And so if you're in that place, I just want to encourage you that you're not alone and it's very normal and Mm -hmm. you can get out of the valley. And I truly believe that you will. I think, you know, before we started recording, you had asked me how we're doing. Are we staying healthy here in North Dakota? And we're recording this right around the week where all of the, the news is focused on how many people have have confirmed coronavirus here in the United mm-hmm. States. And I I love what you said about, you know, we could go into the valley at any point. And I sent this message to my besties this morning and I said, well, I woke up completely freaked out about the coronavirus. And now I'm saying all the truth statements mm-hmm. and, you know, just obviously, you know, doing what I need to, to stay healthy as well with medication and healthy nutrition and exercise and washing hands and all of that, but also what we tell ourselves can weaken or strengthen our immune system as well. And what I what I told them is I said, I'm not scared that I'm going to die if I get it or that, you know, I'm even going to have long, you know, 
that my health is going to go down for very long. What I don't want is I know what it's like to struggle with breathing and I'm on this new medication and I'm feeling so great and I'm just not ready to go back to that so soon. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's all it is, is I, I'm not ready to go back to struggling for two two weeks to a month or more or whatever. And I think that's that's kind of the downside of knowing what it's like to go through the valley mm-hmm. is when you have that faith in God, you have that assurance that he'll be with you to help you through it. But I, like it'd be it'd be nice to have a decade of smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, and if you start to dip your toe back in the valley or see it coming, you do feel some of those same things mm-hmm. as before. And yeah. So I resonate with that fully. Mm -hmm. I love the encouragement that you gave our listeners too, because um, it is true. I think, I think it's easy to look at people who have gone through things and we share what we've learned and there's a different confidence in our voice than before we went through that valley, Mm -hmm. but it, it's not to um, take away the fact that it was a hard season. Because it it is. And anybody going through any type of grief, it's going to come and go. It really is like waves. Some some are very small and others crash and overwhelm you. And you just have to give yourself that grace to go through it. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So looking at your journey, if there are like two or three lessons that you would hope people would take away from your story, what, what would that be? That's a great question. I think the number one, and I've already talked about this a lot, is learning to give yourself grace and give those around you grace. So the two elements of that is that I am not someone very adept at giving myself grace. I feel like I should just be able to deal with it, pick up and move on. And so learning to be gracious with myself and letting myself grieve and cry and wrestle and struggle was a huge lesson and has helped me be so much more emotionally healthy as an entrepreneur. And when I've been at home and lonely and just giving myself the time I need and the resources I need, whether that's surrounding myself with other people or spending time alone, I think that's a huge lesson to learn is how to give yourself grace and what it looks like. And the other part of that is giving other people grace. So sometimes, you know, someone's going through something difficult and we had so many people who are gracious to us, but sometimes you have no idea what people are going through and what they're dealing with. And so for all the times that someone might be unkind to me or during the adoption process, ask a question that is a little bit jarring, um, you know, things like, don't you want to have a baby yet? Or, you know, after you adopt, do you want one of your own? To which I would always think I'm adopting one of my own. Um, But I just learned so much more how to give mercy and empathy because you don't know someone's background and they could be struggling with something they might not even be able to talk about, or they might be about to go through a valley. And it'll just be such an encouragement to have people on either side of you who are there to lift you up. So that's one of the big things I learned. The other thing is just flexibility isn't quite the right word because I feel like that's not strong enough, but being able to roll with changes that happen to you, that happen for you, and that happen apart from you. So the ones that happen to you are when you go through those valleys or those struggles. And then there's the ones that happen completely apart from you that you can't have control over. Like for instance, a you know, worldwide 
pandemic that you have no control over and you can't deal with, but learning how to deal with those things, both internally and externally, and giving yourself what you need to get through, and then also looking beyond yourself um, and seeing how you can help other people get through those things that are happening to and around them. I love that. Things that happen to you, apart from you, and for you. I think mm-hmm. I think that's really, um, if we all have that perspective to start looking at things from that perspective, we will see different lessons than if we just beat ourselves up for why we can't get it right or why mm-hmm. bad things happen to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big lesson I've had to learn is just the mm-hmm. mental game, kind of what you said of you know, if you spiral downward with all these thoughts of you're going to get sick or your friends and family are going to get sick or, you know, this big thing is going to get canceled or you're going to lose income maybe because of all that's going on. You can't control the outcome. These are all things happening apart from you. And so controlling your mind as much as you can and bringing, just bringing it back to the positive, um, not ignoring what's going on, but bringing it back to all the good things, bringing it back to the things that we can be thankful for. is just so important. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that people really can sometimes wrestle with or almost even just flat out this despise when it comes to um, positive thoughts is they, they kind of forget that just because you choose to be positive does not mean that you're also not being realistic and looking yeah. at how to be responsible. You're just basically choosing what to focus on. And that, that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, do both. Absolutely. absolutely. And I, as a more seasoned business owner than before, I started my business in 2013. So I've been in business for seven years and my husband and I had a running joke that every November my business was crashing and burning because I would get in these pattern of negative thoughts where for some reason, November has been a slower month for me. And so I would get in this just pattern of negative thoughts and, you know, this isn't happening and this is going wrong and this client changed their mind and, and I would just spiral and it does not just affect your nine to five or your business or whatever it is. It affects every part of your life and your relationships. And so I have really learned, I think this is the first year where I made it through November and I was not in this deep state. And what I would do is every time I started to go down there, if something negative did happen or something did change, I would just remind myself of three things in the moment that I could be grateful for. I could give thanks for three things going well. And sometimes they had nothing to do with me or my business. Sometimes I couldn't even see out of the hole Um, during those dark times to say, wow, look at these good things in my life, because I just thought it's all falling apart. But you can see other good things. You can see other people who are succeeding and who are joyful and who are having good things. And even that by itself can lift you out of the pit just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, while we end today, I have just a few few final questions for you. The first sure. is what type of, of client is, is a great fit for you? Because you, you are in business and you have, mm-hmm. um, you've worked with some incredible companies and people, it sounds like. So what, if, if there's a listener, uh, today trying to find an expert with SEO or, um, marketing, what, what is the type of client that you are looking for? Yeah, so I don't think I said at the beginning, but my business is Maria Grace LLC. 
and I am an online marketing expert for other small businesses. And so the clients that I work best best with are people who understand how important marketing is. And that can mean everything from social media to search engine optimization for your website. They get it. They're not sitting there saying like, marketing doesn't matter. You know, you know how important it is, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, if you're a business owner. And so people who get that marketing is important, but they also understand where their weaknesses are and want to partner with someone who can help bring strength to those weak areas to really grow their businesses. And where can people find you online and on social media? I mentioned my business name. So you just go to mariagracellc.com. And that's also my Instagram and Facebook handles, just mariagracellc. So I would really love to connect with you on there. Um, Whether you're looking for someone to partner you with marketing efforts, or you just connected to the parts of my story with adoption or being in a valley, I would really love to hear from you and just chat with you about what you've done, because I'd really love to learn from you as well. I have a lot to learn from other people. So please, please reach out if you have anything to share. I love your point of view. And if I have any uh, clients listening to this, and we've talked about, you know, watch what other people do on social media, then you guys need to hurry over to Maria Grace LLC and watch what she does on Instagram. Because the way you tell stories and the way that you are um, making your Instagram feed so aesthetically pleasing is inspiring to me. And so even though we're learning from some of the same people, Mm -hmm. I I almost learn more from watching people apply what they're learning than from the coach themselves. Yeah, seeing it actually implemented as real life is sometimes more applicable to you, especially Mm -hmm. if your business has a lot of overlap there. So yeah, I learn from other people all the time. And Mm -hmm. I always feel like, okay, here's another area where I can grow. Let's dive in. Yes, absolutely. So final question that I ask all of my guests is, if you were a shoe, what would you be and why? Man, I... I wish I could say something really classy like a Christian Lobaton and, you know, Red Soul and all that stuff, <laughs> but I'm a running shoe. I just through and through that's where I'm comfortable is outside and running. That's my stress relief is running. And if I had to choose a particular brand, because I have a ridiculous amount of running shoes, I love on running ON. They're kind of a newer brand and they have these little clouds underneath your feet. That's their thing, run on clouds. And I just love that. It makes me happy when I run love their shoes, love running. So yeah, definitely running shoes, hands down. I'm not classy enough for heels. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I love heels, but I can wear them uh, for less and less amount of time the older that mm-hmm. I get. I figure yeah. I maybe have a decade left where I can pull them off. But if Celine Dion can prance around the stage and dance and sing the way she does with her Celine Dion, with her shoes, <laughs> with her Celine Dion shoes, yeah. um, with her stilettos, I'm hoping I can maybe get to 50 and do the same, but we'll see. Um, so I have to ask how many, how many sh- running shoes do you have? It depends on your definition. I currently am cycling through three (laughs) different pairs, but on Black Friday, some of my favorite shoes were on sale. And so my closet is full of shoe boxes because I figure I'll use them eventually. Well, right. And I saved a lot of money. So I actually don't know how many pairs of shoes I have, but they're all running shoes. I maybe have one pair of heels. That's it. (laughs) Hey, to each his own. And, you know, I'm a shoe person and I think it's hilarious that 
some people are heel heel people. Some people are boot people. Some people are running shoes only. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love that. Well, Maria, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and your lessons and um, just being vulnerable enough to share the the really hard parts of your story too. I really appreciate that. And I know that my listeners were encouraged today and I look forward to hanging out with you on social media and getting to know you more as well. And I encourage all of my listeners to do the same. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. It's just a joy to be able to share my story on such an amazing podcast. So thank you. Well, thank you. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. But for now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I also want to give a shout out to my very handsome husband, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. For more information, go to www.raymateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the name Ms. Mandy B. Anderson. Oh, and one last thing. I hope you heard something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.